The Tigers lose a non-televised ball game, as is tradition here in spring training. But we also got some World Baseball Classic Tigers players updates to kind of discuss a little bit. We have a new waiver claim. We know Scott Harris loves those. We're going to talk about that addition and the newest round of roster cuts, a loaded show, all today on Locked on Tigers. You are Locked on Tigers, your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Locked On Tigers. I'm, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. Today is Wednesday, March 15th, 2023. Thank you for making Locked On Tigers your first listen. Every single day, we are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube. We are a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every single day. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel, the official sports book of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. All righty. We are back and better than ever. Let's talk some balls. So, uh, as I said in the cold open, we actually have quite a bit to talk about. We have to go over the 6-2 to victory over the Boston Red Sox on Tuesday. It was not televised, but there is still some stuff we can take out of that game. So as we always do, we'll quickly recap the previous day's spring training game. Then we are going to talk about the newest round of, of major league roster cuts. That Because uh, I don't want to call them roster cuts because everyone's still on the roster. It's not like that, but, but they are officially options to triple a and and part of the minor league camp and whatnot so uh, or one of those two if not both so we'll get into all of that as well some some notable names on there some names we just talked about yesterday uh then freddie pacheco is the newest member of the tigers organization he was claimed off waivers via uh the st louis cardinals organization so we'll talk about that as well but let's start with the tigers six to two victory over the boston red sox so not too much to take out of it. Again, don't have eyes on the on, on the game, so uh, th- there's not too terribly much to take out of it. Out of it, but there are some notable notable performances. Goodness, I love speaking. I almost do it for a living. Zach Short had another hit and a walk in this game. His spring numbers are bonkers, which is crazy because like three or four games into the spring, I came on here and I was like, "Look, Zach Short looks really bad. I think he might get DFA'd." Now there's conversations and speculation about, you know, people talking talking like, oh, Zach Shore might be on the opening day roster as one of the utility men. I'm not there yet, but, uh, I mean, it, it is certainly worth noting how good of a spring he is having because he is having a very good spring. And in this game, he played the outfield. Why is that important? Because it's very intentional, and we want to highlight everything that this organization does that might go overlooked. That is very on purpose. And obviously, I mean, it, it is on purpose, right? Like they made the lineup card and they put him out there. But it, it, it's very intentional in the sense that if Zach Short can play, I mean, what, three infield positions, second, short, and third, plus prove that he can be even somewhat competent at corner outfield and he draws a lot of walks, guess what? He's going to get some playing time this year at the major league level, Okay. So they're, they're really playing him at a bunch of different positions to see how much they can really stretch out that versatility that he has. And another solid game for Zach Short. 
I, 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 you certainly couldn't have convinced me in January that we'd be having a conversation about Zach Short making a making a run at the opening day roster. Again, I'm still not there yet. If and I have a, a revolving list of of what my 26 man roster would be on a day to day basis, and uh, Zach Short has yet to make that. But it, again, certainly worth noting, he is having a really solid spring, and they're going to keep trying to see how many positions they can uh, they can see him at in the future. Okay. Jake Rogers in this game, I think he went over at the plate, uh, but looked really good defensively. Had a back pick at first base and then also caught a runner stealing at second base. So uh, really solid behind the dish. You know, everybody's question when you come back from Tommy John surgery is velocity and arm strength. This spring, has there has been no issues <laughs> regarding Jake Rogers' arm strength. Uh, which is a great sign, obviously. And he's been hitting the heck out of the baseball, too, which uh, certainly doesn't hurt either. So, you know, there's kind of a conversation as we get closer and closer to opening day about, uh, you know, how many games is Jake Rogers really going to play behind the dish in a positive connotation. Like, he might be, he might play more games at catcher than anybody else, even though Haas can, you know, might play more, might have more at bats just because of the versatility and he can play corner outfield and whatever. We'll get we'll cross that bridge when we get to it, but really good to see him. Really solid behind the plate. Uh, I also just a really quick sidebar. Do you think there's going to be more like back picks this year because of all the incentive to steal and because pitchers can't just pick off a million times? I think there is. Uh, like I haven't really seen it talked about, and we haven't really talked about it on here, but. I was thinking about that like three or four days ago. I think I, I, we saw a game. It was probably a Tigers game uh, where there were two or three back picks in an inning. And and I was just, I was thinking like that might be a weird side effect of all the rule changes. Like th- there might be a lot of back picking by, by catchers this year. And, and like more than we're used to just because you know, like pitchers can't throw over five, six times anymore. So the, it's kind of the catcher's responsibility even more than it already was to keep that runner close to first base and not just the pitcher's responsibility. You know what I mean? So I think that might be like a, you know, I'm not expecting eight an inning or anything, but I think it might be a weird side effect. And that this just jogged my memory of that thought I had like four or five days ago. So something to keep an eye on there, I guess, just for the the, the nerdy catcher people out there like myself. Uh, Michael Lorenzen started this game two and two thirds, five hits, two earned runs, no walks, three Ks. Didn't see how he looked, obviously. Again, I'll keep reiterating, not televised. But, uh, I, I, you know, the thing with him just has always been how frequently can he hit the strike zone. Like, we saw post-injury last year. We talked about it when we acquired him uh, in the offseason when we signed him. But, uh, like, post-injury, he really went to a two-pitch mix, depending on the handness of the batter. And he had really good numbers post-injury for the Angels last season. As a starting pitcher... Uh, but it's always just kind of been how consistently can he fill up the strike zone. So uh, did not have a very good first inning actually got pulled. And then because it's spring training and nobody cares about like the, the like hard pressed rules, they just sent him back out there for the second. And I guess looked a little bit better, at least racked up some strikeouts. Uh, Mason Englert has been a story to watch this entire spring. I think two innings pitch, no hits, one walk, three strikeouts, I really like his stuff. I really do. I, I've been pretty impressed with what I've seen from him so far this spring. 
Uh, I, I'm a fan, and he has to stay on the major league roster uh, unless they want to give him back to Texas, obviously. But um, rule five pick Mason Englert. So I, I, I like it. I like what I've seen so far. I think he has a good mix there, and uh, he's still relatively young. You know, we did a whole breakdown on him when we uh, drafted him in the rule five draft earlier in the offseason. But yeah, I, I really like what I've seen so far. I, I'm pretty certain as of March 15th that he is going to be on the bullpen on opening day. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm excited for what he can kind of do this year. And especially if he's, I'm telling you this, this coaching staff in this front office really, really loves and appreciates relievers who can go more than just one inning. That's huge for this coaching staff. Okay. They're big believers in it. So, uh, and England has plenty of experience as a starter, like ha- has no problem pitching multiple innings. So, we might just have a bullpen of like Cisnero, Lang, Foley, I guess, is more of a one-inning guy. And then, well, I mean, he even had a couple of two-inning outings last year. And then just a bunch of dudes that can go two or three innings. And I'm not against it. So, Mason Engler, another really good outing. Um, let's see. I think the only other really big thing was just that there were a lot of minor league camp guys that were playing in this game. Um, which is kind of cool that they won, you know, six to two victory over a pretty good team. Again, you know, the world baseball classic and everything going on. It wasn't like it was the Red Sox at their best, but um, yeah, it, it was cool to see so many not actually see with our eyes, but hear about seeing that didn't make sense. It was cool to get a lot of younger kids, some experience. Colt Keith continues to get some ABs uh, gauge workman drew a walk in this game. Uh, so it, very, very cool to just see more and more minor league camp guys get opportunities, especially during the WBC when so many of the prominent players are uh, not with the team. So uh, very, very cool side note in this game as well in that regard. Okay, let's get into uh, – actually, we'll kind of transition right into some WBC stuff as well because there's some reports about like Tigers players' involvement in the, in the World Baseball Classic. Uh, so we will talk about that right after I tell you all about our friends over – at FanDuel. It's the midway point of the NBA season, and it is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back. If your first bet doesn't win, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, it's secure, it's super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything. The money line, point scores, three-pointers, drain, etc. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right, everybody, welcome back here. Segment two of Locked on Tigers. I appreciate you all for tuning in. We are back for another day of talking ball. Let's discuss some World Baseball Classic news. So there was just some interesting reports that I wanted to bring up. I don't have a a solution is not the right word, but I don't have like a conclusion to any of these reports. They were just interesting and and came across my... uh, feed I guess my life I don't know where I was going with that but uh they they jumped out to me and I figured I I would relay them to y'all if you haven't seen them already so interesting reports some reports have said the Tigers have told team Venezuela that Erod is only allowed to pitch in one game pitch one time 
Hinch and the Venezuelan manager both confirmed this as well. So this report confirmed, 100% is true. Uh, Hinch said that he can stay with the team for as long as Venezuela is is in the tournament and whatnot and can certainly support the team and be in the dugout and whatnot. But he said that they all had an agreement. I'm assuming that's him and the team Venezuela coaching staff, and hopefully Erod was part of that discussion as well, uh, that he would only pitch once. And so that seems like all she wrote. That I mean, that one, there, there's not too many loose ends or anything, no discussion really. But something to that is, I think, to keep an eye on. Not that Venezuela is just going to be like, screw it, and throw Erod out there and, and you know go back on the agreement or whatever. But uh, it's definitely a, an interesting part of the World Baseball Classic that I don't think is talked about a lot, especially with pitchers. And on the other side, we have conflicting reports on another member of Team Venezuela. Uh, Miguel Cabrera's participation in the WBC was kind of uh, not up in the air, but was kind of discussed a little bit on uh, on the internet today. So there are conflicting reports here at the time of this recording. Maybe you know something uh, by the time you're listening to this. But uh, initial reports said that the Tigers put potential limitations on Miguel Cabrera as Venezuela continued to progress and get further and further. They just clinched a spot in the quarterfinals and advanced past the group stage. And part of that was even potentially limiting limiting him to one at-bat per game as they get further and further into the tournament. Now, this is uh, reported by Marley Rivera of ESPN, also reported that the situation is quote-unquote fluid and that a league source also told ESPN that the Tigers have said that they have given no such restrictions to Miguel Cabrera's participation. Okay, <clears throat> excuse me. So, interesting, I guess, to say the least. We know I'd, I don't really like the word interesting, but I'm not really sure how else to describe that. Um, I, I guess we will see. Does it really matter? To me, no. Um, like, this is his last season. This is the last year he's playing. I, I, I don't really care how often Miguel Cabrera plays. Now, if he goes out there and he, like, hurts himself, obviously that's going to be – really devastating to a lot of fans that expected like a, like a long, you know, farewell tour type of thing. And uh, like, I'm sure ownership, the Illiches probably would not be too happy as they're going to make a lot of money off of Miguel Cabrera this upcoming season. But I mean, as a whole, as far as like product on the field and, and, and just like Miguel Cabrera's role on the team, we just did his player preview a couple of episodes ago. I don't think he's going to play too terribly much. And even when he does play, I don't think he's going to be, uh, really the, the the key factor in a lot of victories this year. So uh, wh- whatever they decide, I- I'm sure we'll be in good faith and all parties will be fine with. I can't imagine that the Tigers are like, no, Miguel Cabrera can't play. I can't imagine that that's the situation. I, I tend to uh, lean toward the, the latter half of the report being true, where he, he I, I, I just, I can't envision that. I can't imagine the Tigers were like, no, he, like he, it's his last year. Like, just let him do whatever he wants. I don't know. I, 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 I tend to lean that way, but we'll see. We'll see what happens, I guess. Okay. Now let's get to uh, some pretty big news. The next round of major league roster cuts happened on Tuesday. We had option to triple a Toledo officially Ronnie Garcia, Brendan white, Parker Meadows, Andre Lipsius. Those are four very 
big names in the spring all were, to some extent, fighting for a positional battle. Uh, and then also minor league camp, sent to minor league camp, rather. Uh, Zach Logue was, was uh, part of that, too. Not option to AAA because I believe he's already in the AAA. So uh, not he wasn't optioned or anything like that because he wasn't on the major league roster. But part, moved to minor league camp, he won't make the team out of uh, spring training either. So, Ronnie Garcia, really quickly, let's just go through all four of these dudes' situations. We can talk about why they're not going to be on the opening day roster. Ronnie Garcia is who we'll start with. Uh, You know, uh, early on, like when we first took him in the Rule 5 draft, I was probably unfairly hard on Ronnie Garcia. He had not played really at at the higher levels and kind of got rocked. And I believe that was the COVID 2020 season was the year that we took him in the Rule 5, I think. So anyway, uh, and then like 2021, he missed, I think, the entire season with with injuries. And so, but he's still here. And even under new president of baseball ops, he is still here. Like he's not anymore just the Alavila loves him, so he's going to stick around guy. Now we don't have Alavila here, and the new guy flushed out like half of the 40-man roster, and yet Ronnie Garcia is still here in camp. So um, I, I think I was a little unjustly hard on him probably in, in 2020. So that's on me, but, uh, like objectively he was not good early on, but lately uh, 2022, the overall numbers are not great for Ronnie Garcia. They're not bad. They're not as bad as they have been in the past, but they're not fantastic. However, out of the bullpen specifically, cause if you remember, he had to start like eight games last year, which is ridiculous and should never be a thing. Ronnie Garcia shouldn't, as much as I just got done apologizing and saying I was probably too hard on him, he should never start a Major League Baseball game for a team that's trying to win games. Okay? in He made 16 appearances, eight as a starter. He had a 5-11 ERA, eight as a reliever, 2-5-7 ERA, and a 488. OPS against all hitters he faced as a reliever in 2022. Now, again, that's in 14 innings, great small sample size, but like a sub 150 batting average against as a relief pitcher. I actually think I I don't mind the mix. He's got like decent velocity there. Uh, I, I have really warmed up to Ronnie Garcia a lot more than I did if you followed me back in uh, when I was still making videos and whatever on Twitter back in like 2020. So I I, I do think that it, it makes sense that he's not going to be on the opening day roster. I'm not trying to convince you that he's some incredible reliever and this is a mistake. I think this is the right call. I wouldn't have had him on the opening day roster either. But just it, it it's not because like the, the layman take of like, oh yeah, Ronnie Garcia is awful. Why is he still here? The no duh, he's not going to be on the 40 man or not going to be on the opening day roster. Rather, I, I think we'll probably see him in the bullpen at some point this season and we'll see how, how he does. And we'll see how he does in AAA, obviously to start the year. Brendan white, one of my favorites in really the entire organization at the moment, friend of the program. We got to sit down with him uh, after he was added to the 40 man last year at the end of last year. Um, this doesn't surprise me. I was really holding out hope that he would make a run and be on the opening day roster, but uh, it, it doesn't surprise me. He definitely has some stuff he needs to iron out. There were some command issues at times 
Uh, he, he had one really bad inning in particular last week. So, uh, yeah, not, not surprising, but I will definitely be keeping a close eye on Brendan White's AAA campaign because relievers are so – it's just – it's such a revolving door. Like, we have the same conversation with third base this year for this team, but, the, like, it wouldn't surprise me if we saw, like, 12 to even, like, 15, if you want to get super crazy with it, like, different relievers – after game 162 this year. Like, it wouldn't shock me if we looked back and we were like, wow, like, we hit the teens in, like, the amount of uh, of relievers that that appeared for this team on a semi-consistent basis. So, I'm, I'm sure we'll see both of those dudes at some point in the show this year. Uh, and, yeah, definitely two players worth keeping an eye on in AAA. So, uh, let's get to our last break here, and then on the other side of it, we will talk Parker Meadows and Andre Lipsius, the two uh, controversial is probably not the right word, but the two loudest demotions yesterday. We'll do that right after this. All right, everybody, welcome back. Third and final segment here, Locked On Tigers. So let's talk about Parker Meadows first. You want to get that conversation over with? Uh, I don't disagree with the decision. And if you watched literally yesterday's show, actually, which is crazy timing on my part, totally an accident, but I'm going to pretend like it's not. Uh, I I agree with this. And I know that it's not like the the really, you know, like hot take that that's going to get a lot of people like really riled up and excited because he's had a really good spring. He has. He, he's, he's had a very impressive spring and and has opened a lot of eyes and shown a lot of people that he kind of belongs. But there's there's just there's still too much stuff that I think he needs to work on before I'm ready to just throw him into the fire of a major league baseball season, uh, even if it is as like a fourth outfielder. I just I, I think there's there's still stuff that I want to see from him. The biggest one, obviously, let's take a step forward against lefties, but even more so, let's take a step forward against righties that throw breaking balls. He crushed fastballs. We've talked about it a lot. We talked about it in his player preview last week. We talked about it yesterday. Hits fastballs very well. There is still some work to be done on breaking and off-speed pitches from righties even. So there's – and, you know, small stuff too. Like how proven is he really defensively so far in like center field or left field? You know what I mean? I, I just – I don't disagree with it. And, and again, I, I know that the the flashy fun thing to do would have been to put him on the team out of camp and – some people are upset because he's been hitting a lot of homers, but everyone on this team has been hitting a lot of homers. We're leading baseball in home runs in spring training. All, all 30 teams. The Tigers are at the top. Like, uh, uh, I don't know. I, 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 I really like Parker Meadows. I love the season he had last year. I love the, the development path that he is on, uh, but I am much more comfortable putting him in AAA for now, letting him work on some stuff he still needs to work on. If he's crushing the ball in mid-May, and Akil Badu is batting 150, well, then there you go. He's still going to play, you know, 80% of the, the major league season, at, at, or, or yeah, the 40% of the season at the major league level. So I, I don't think it's that big of a deal, I guess is my biggest thing, and I agree with the decision. Andre Lipsius, we talked about a little bit last week as well. The writing was on the wall for this one, too. Uh, I, I think that there's still, again, just a lot of stuff that they want to work on him with. Work with him on. That's the right saying. So uh, 
he, he wasn't walking a lot in spring, even though he walked a boatload in the minors. That's like the first thing that kind of jumps out at you. But he was crushing the baseball, objectively. He was hitting a lot of homers. He was tied for the league lead and uh, home runs at one point. Andre Lipsius was early on in the spring. So, uh, yeah, I, I think really a lot of it for him is going to come down to uh, versatility's sake. You know, I, I think that – and we, again, we talked about this last week, maybe a week and a half ago, maybe even two weeks ago. But but we talked about the fact that Andre Lipsius was getting a look at first base, and that was, again, very intentional. And the same conversation we had about Zach Short we'll have again. Like, they want versatility. And Andre Lipsius, even in the minors, hasn't really found a position that you look at and you're like, oh, yeah, this dude is, is going to play this position at the big league level for the next 10 years. Like, he hasn't even found that in the minors yet. Nonetheless, the majors, right? So uh, I think that he still has some stuff defensively he needs to work out, and they need to figure out where he fits into this puzzle long term. Um, but also just fine-tuning the, the the stuff at the plate. You know, like he was crushing the ball, but he, he wasn't walking. And in the minors last year, he like his, I think, nine, we said, a couple of weeks ago was the most homers he's ever had in a single season at a given level. So uh, but he walked a ton in the minors. So, like, there's still just some some development things that he needs to iron out. I, I, I agree with all these decisions. And then Zach Logue moved to minor league camp, already was a, was a minor leaguer and wasn't going to make the team out of camp anyway. So, so again, someone who later on in the year might very well uh, come out of the bullpen at some point, though. I think that's going to be a really interesting kind of revolving door back there. And smooth transition – to add to the revolving door of relievers, uh, Freddie Pacheco claimed off waivers from the St. Louis Cardinals. He's a soon-to-be 25-year-old. I think his birthday is within like a couple of days of mine there in the, in the middle of April. So this is his age 25 season, though. Um, and, yeah, I mean, this is a, this is a solid profile. Uh, there, there's some work to be done, for sure. I, I don't expect him to make the, the major league team on out of camp or anything like that. I think there's a lot of work to be done, but uh, 95 to 98 fastball velocity when he's healthy, mid 80 slider. Now that that's kind of, you know, two pitch pitcher. That's, that's kind of the, the, the end of it, but that's good. And we'll, you'll gladly take that profile. Um, as far as his numbers, pretty intriguing stuff here, like really good K numbers uh, in triple a last season. He had a 32.6 K per nine. I mean, just listen to these K numbers throughout every level, okay? Like, I'm just going to read literally every single level, no matter if he's pitched one inning there or, like, 100, okay? 2018, rookie ball, 51.5 K percentage. 2018, rookie ball, 31%. 2019, single A, 34.5%. 2021, high single A, 43.5%. Then 44.5%, 45.5%, A 2022, 34.5%, AAA 2022, 32.5%. Just crazy high strikeout numbers. His K per nine at one point in high single A was like 16.3. Like he's a strikeout machine. The flip side of the coin there is that he has pretty high walk numbers as well. Uh, pretty comfortably above 10 at every level in triple a last year, he did cut the walk rate down to 9.1%. So that's something I I guess, but that's, that's the key is it's going to be, it's going to be trying to cut that walk rate lower and lower. Now that's not like unfixably astronomically high. You know, it's not like he's rolling in here with a, 
with a 19 or a 20% walk rate in the minors. And you're like, Oh goodness, we got to try to really like th- that's, that's high. You you want to cut it, but it's not, it's not unadjustably high. Okay. So I, I like it. I, I like it. I mean, why not? Now the, the kind of the, the red flags or the sirens are kind of going off in your head and you're like, why is a smart organization like the St. Louis Cardinals doing this? This dude can can pump high 90s, has a good slider to get paired with it, strikes out a lot of hitters, is 24 years old. Like, what are we doing here? Uh, I, I guess there is some reports that say that he was dealing with – it was reported to be minor, and the Cardinals said there was no structural, like, long-term damage. But – he did have a uh, an arm injury at one point that shut him down for a little bit. And now they have decided they are going to remove him from their 40-man roster. He didn't clear waivers because the Tigers went in there and grabbed him. So that's the biggest thing is just is he how healthy is he, I guess. Now, uh, I don't know. I, I would imagine that the front office for the Tigers has enough connections and whatnot to not claim someone who is uh, – who is like never able to pitch again or something like that. But it is worth noting that he he has had uh, an arm injury somewhat history, not like riddled throughout his entire professional career or anything, but uh, that, that did happen. So interesting to see what happens with him, but uh, I, I don't mind it. I mean, why not? And, and to make room for him on the 40 man, they put Tarek Skubal onto the 60 day IL. We all knew that that was coming. Uh, that that was always going to happen. That should not be a surprise to literally anyone. Makes sense. He's not going to pitch until probably around the All Star break, if not as, after the All Star break. Anyway, uh, yeah, I, I that that was always going to happen. So uh, no worries there. And I think that's it. Thanks for making Locked On Tigers your first listen every single day. For your next listen, check on the Locked On Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Win your league by listening to Matt and Dom every day as they bring you the best fantasy draft strategies. Find Locked On Fantasy Baseball wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Okay, I think that – I was trying to think if there's something else, but I feel like I covered everything. Okay, we'll be back tomorrow. I appreciate you all for tuning in. Um, more cuts probably on the way. I would imagine that this weekend probably quite a few – more i mean what are we at 49 i think the pr department said today we're at 49 players still on uh in major league camp and on the major league roster there and we got to get to 26 by uh by the end of march here so uh we will certainly keep having that discussion i am not against any of the decisions that have been made so far and i really appreciate good waiver claims we ball baby peace and love going to derby's dope i'll catch you all tomorrow go tigers